0: Hello everybody, welcome back to another podcast. Um, I decided to, to record this one immediately after the last one. I said I was going to wait probably till next week. I wanted to get an extra one done today. So looking at a few more articles, once again this is being recorded on Friday, August 2nd. And so these are just some articles within the last day or so. Um, I have two articles and then just a little bit of snippet of something else that I want to discuss as well. Um, so let's go ahead and get into it. And hopefully, you know, this new, uh, format works out better for everybody involved. So pulling up some articles and stuff that I have found that are interesting to me and discussing kind of my take and my view on it. And ultimately the goal is that it's stuff that would be a good discussion. So if it's something that, you know, maybe you agree with what I'm saying, maybe you don't, but you know, it's meant to have an opinion, um, or help generate a discussion of people's opinions. And so this first article, which I think, um, you know, looking at it here, it's, uh, uh, this is from droidlife.com. But basically it says that Google is going to be bringing voiceless emergency operator options to Pixel phones. And when I hear that, I also think, well, you know, it'll probably come to Pixel phones first, and then probably to just regular Android after that. Much like some of their other uh, projects they've been working on with uh, being able to screen calls, so on and so forth. Uh, So basically, it's allowing people that are injured um, or, you know, either they can't speak, um, you know, or they can't like place a typical call. Um, So if they're injured in a dangerous situation, have a speech impairment. Um, That that way they can contact emergency services when they're in need. And so basically, um, if you were to, I I guess I don't know what the format would be, there is a screenshot on screen um, that shows, I don't know if that's uh, exactly what it's going to look like, or if it is um, just somebody's rendering of what they think it will look like. Um, but basically, if you were to tap on one of the buttons, medical, fire, or police, um, it's going to basically convey the type of emergency to the 911 dispatcher on the other end using an automated voice service. So to me, that sounds a lot like the same technology that they're rolling out with uh, the call screening and uh, and also like with placing restaurant reservations and stuff like that. So using some of their machine learning and using their voice, uh, or text, you know, text to speech technology that they're using right now for that, uh, with phone calls. Um, so service works on the device. Uh, so basically the information is not going to go to the cloud and then to them, it's going to just operate directly between the device and emergency services. Um, and it should function whether or not you have a data connection. So that's good. So it's going to be something that, that functions solely on the device, doesn't rely on data to either communicate to the to a data center or to a server. Um, it's just going to happen direct on the device. That's that's great news to hear. Um, and then after it says here, you can opt out and talk directly to the operator as well. Um, so if it starts off with the text or with the automated system, you can always take over. Um, so based on the information that you provide, it looks like, so it looks like the location is going to be transmitted both GPS. Um, Oh, it, the location is going to be based on via a uh, GPS and a caller's plus code, which I don't know what that means. Uh, plus codes. Um, Oh, here it's telling me the definition A plus code. It's uh, it's like a street address for people or places that don't have one. Uh, plus codes give addresses to everyone, everywhere, um, allowing them to receive deliveries, access emergency services, register to vote, and, and are already improving people's lives. It looks like a regular address, but with a short code where the street name and number would be, these addresses exist for any location, even for places that don't have any roads. I didn't even know that was ever a thing. So it looks like it's going to be using that technology or that system or whatever you want to call it. Um features can be available in the coming months starting with the pixel phone so yeah once again like i said starting with pixel phones that tells me that it is going to end up rolling out to android devices uh the rest of them at some point as well and so this the this so like i said this is at droidlife.com is where this article is it does have a like a animated screenshot gif thing going on gif that's a whole other discussion what's the right way to say it um and so it shows what's being transmitted over to um, the 911 operator. Um, it shows, it, it's display on there what your location is. So it's telling, it, it tells you on screen what it's saying to the operator, which is great. Um, which I think is, it, 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 it's going to be really awesome if, if that works out the, the right way. Um, looking at some of the comments down below on the article, um, where... See, someone's asking more about the buttons, kind of like the question that I had. Um, do they appear in the dialer after the 911 connection has been made, or will they appear somewhere within the phone app, like before you make the call? I don't know. Um, sounds similar to Google Duplex. That's exactly what I was saying. Um, Google Duplex—that's the name of the system that like makes restaurant reservations and whatever stuff like that. Um, let's see. Ch-ch-ch-ch. But yeah, I mean, honestly, I I think that you know, as someone that works in emergency services myself, I think that could be an extremely useful tool, especially for people that uh, don't feel safe to talk or just are in a, in a bad situation where you know them speaking on the phone would uh, further uh, threaten their safety, um, or just you know like like it said before, people that just can't like people that wouldn't otherwise be able to communicate effectively on the phone um, whether it's some kind of speech issue or, or something like that you can easily access emergency services, services and have them dispatched to your lo- their, their location as soon as possible. I think it's a great idea. I, I hope it's something that's you know actually being worked on it's something that will go out to uh, to users here soon having a Pixel device myself Um, If it is actually a real thing that ends up happening, I should be getting an update uh, hopefully soon enough. Uh, I I would get the update before anybody else with an Android phone, and I can definitely look in and see how that works. So that's kind of the first article I had there. Uh, Really interesting technology being put to use, and uh, once again, kudos to Google for doing that. Honestly, I I think it's one of those things that if it ends up working really well... I I think that they should they, they honestly should offer up that technology to the other phone companies as well because I feel like as if it's something that's really safety safety centric um there's no reason why a company should hold that to themselves that's my opinion I think they they would need to share that with um, obviously I think it would spread out through the Android devices but honestly I think they would need to they they ethically they should turn around and and offer that technology over to apple as well if they would like that um once again my opinion i don't know if it's a popular opinion or whatnot i understand wanting to make sure that your company has advantages but when it comes to safety everybody should have be on the same playing field in my opinion uh the next article is one it's about netflix and Netflix isn't something that you would usually see come up in the news a ton other than like when they're changing their their rates and charging people more money. Uh in this case, they were um they were basically caught by users of their app. So, you know, it's just people that have their Android app, I guess. I don't even know if it's on there. Hmm. It only ran on Android devices. Okay, so it um, apparently didn't do it on iOS devices. But basically, they had put a activity tracker in their Netflix app. So tracking, like, physical motion, how many steps. Just <laughs> I'm like, why would they want to know that information? Um, I mean, I suppose maybe part of it is they just want to know how long people are actually watching something versus getting up and walking around, but I I don't know. I mean, really, I don't think there's a, a very good reason for that at all. Um, I guess they're claiming, and this article is from com. by the way, uh, a company confirmed that it was using this data as part of a test to determine whether it could find a way to better optimize streaming performance when customers were on the move. So walking around or daily commutes, stuff like that. Um... And so it's. It looks like they're trying to track, like kind of how how stable or how good of a of an image or quality quality of their stream as you kind of move throughout your day, uh, knowing that your cellular connection your Wi Fi connections are going to be or they're going to vary from place to place so it's not always constant which that's true but once again why do you need that I don't know it just seems kind of odd to me that they would do such a thing. And it's, Netflix has said they've already concluded the test. It only ran on an Android devices. And then they claim even then it was only for just a select group of customers. And they have no plans to further roll out that uh, test more widely. And then there's a screenshot down below that is somebody on Twitter. And it just says, physical activity permission for Netflix. Would you like to allow or deny it? If that's the case and they gave you permission to allow or deny it, which honestly on your phone... I basically android should be helping look out for that stuff for you but as long as it said that it doesn't make me nearly as mad about it because at least you had the option to deny it um but you know i i think the reason why people are getting kind of mad about it is because you would hope that a company like, like netflix or really just any company just be upfront. like if you want to collect data about your customers then like tell them that you're what you're doing or if you only need a certain number of people in on your test, like, I'm sure you could even have, like, a sign-up list and people would probably sign up to help you. Like, give them give them five bucks off their next month's bill and you'd have probably more volunteers than you, you would know what to do with. Um, let's see. Oh, okay. So it says here that in some cases it was doing this without asking the users to approve the move first. Um, I don't know if that ends up being more of an Android issue at that point or what. Uh, in the comments down below, stuff that should be illegal for 200 Alex. A little bit of a Jeopardy um, take on that. And then somebody somebody also commented that they did this on Android because they were able to sneak it in. Uh, without the user's knowledge, they claimed that it couldn't happen on the iPhone. And then somebody replied, well, I clearly saw the permission request. It doesn't look like a request. It looks like a setting in a menu, which is probably yes by default. Well, I don't know. Looking up at the screenshot, well, it does say allow. The The default, according to the screenshot, looks like it is allow. So I, that is potentially an issue as well. Um, another person commented... Kind of what I'm thinking right now, the thought that just ran through my head, that if they're able to do it without alerting the user, then it is just as much on Android and Google as it would be on Netflix. Um, basically, don't allow other other companies and other people to do shady shit behind your back. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's kind of that article. I guess, you know, not a huge deal at the end of the day, but just something to kind of be on the lookout for. Um, and, and that just, that, that goes for anybody whether it's, and that doesn't matter if you're on iOS or Android, pay attention to what permissions certain apps are asking for. Um, I would say especially if it's not a reputable company. I mean, Netflix, you would hope that it, they're doing it for the right reasons. But just pay attention to that. And, and if you have the option to decline certain things, then obviously decline the ones that don't make sense to you. Um, honestly, if if I don't use Netflix app on my phone, but... If I did and I happened to open it and it's asking me for that permission, I mean, I'd probably just hit deny anyway. Um, and so as long as you do that and keep keep up with what's what's using what, you should be all right. Um, so those those are two articles I want to go over today. Um, the other last point I want to make, once again, a Google slash Nest thing. This happened here over the summer as well. Um, so, you know, as I think most people know, um, Nest was has been owned by Google for a long time. They've kind of stood side by side as two separate stores and for the most part two separate entities until uh, just a little bit earlier this summer. And so um, a few weeks back, they all of a sudden just merged. And so now for Nest products, you you can't buy them on Nest.com anymore. You actually have to go over to the Google store to buy any Nest devices. Um, and the nice thing is, you go over to the store.google.com, and now they're at the very top. They have things in the categories. There's now one centralized category for connected home, and that's what they call it—not smart home. It's connected home. Um, and so, and then even under that, it's it's broken up into different categories. So, under the under the category of connected home, that's where you'll find things like uh, the Google Home, the Google Home Mini, the Max, the Hub. Um, they're going to have a hub max come out here pretty soon with, has a bigger screen, has a camera built in, but you also find like the Chromecast that you put, you know, connect to your TV, the Wi-Fi system that you can buy, uh, the door locks, the door sensors, the security system, the smoke detectors, the, you know, and then all the cameras as well. Um, you buy the services like the Nest Aware, which is the, that's the service you buy on the cameras to, to have the cloud storage. You do that through the Google store now as well. The thermostats are on there and then any accessories for any of those products. So pretty much they're putting everything under one roof, which, you know, ultimately I think is a good idea. It's, it's basically, it's making it very, very clear that, um, Google and Nest are, are, one entity. Um, they're now called Google Nest when it, when it refers to those products. Um, I could see where maybe some people get a little antsy about it. I don't understand why people would get mad. Uh, no, there's, there hasn't been any functionality lost lost so far, as far as I can tell. Um, if you do go over to nest.com, the website is still functional. The only thing that you can do now, though, is you can that that's where you go into in to view your cameras and to um, like check on your thermostat, check on your whatever. You still go there to monitor the stuff in your house. You just can't buy anything off the site anymore over there. Um, Overall, I think it's uh, it's a good move. Um, Honestly, my hope, I have a lot, I I have a number of Google Home and Nest products. My hope is that uh, with this move and and being kind of branded back under the Google name, I hope there's more innovation. To be honest, uh, I've had the Nest security system and... And uh, I've had the security system for about a year and a half now and I've had the cameras for about six months. And there's only so much innovation you can do with a camera, so I'm not really mad about that. but I feel like there's there's a there's a lot more that they could be doing with their security system. Uh, more peripherals, more you know different odds and ends for that. Uh, for instance, you know when it comes to the security system, when you buy it, you get the base, And then you get, I think, two door sensors and uh, two, they're called nest tags, which essentially they're just like RFID uh, tags that uh, allow you to arm and disarm the system without having to enter a PIN. So that's what you get by default. Um, The door sensors are fine. They're a little pricey because they're door sensors and motion detectors all in one units. Um, So... You know, you buy one thing and it, it serves two functions. Well, if you want to, if you want to monitor a window, you can do that, and they allow it. But you're essentially buying that same door sensor for it, and it just deactivates the when you have it on the window setting. It just deactivates the motion sensor. Um, and honestly, they, I, I, I should probably pull that up. Um, you can get them for cheaper on like eBay or. Maybe even Amazon. I've never looked them up on Amazon, I guess. Um, Let's see. the uh, Safety and security. Nest. Secure. Alarm. Nest. That's secure alarm. Let's check on that. So, is that considered an accessory? Or am I just clearly not seeing that? Safety and security accessories. Let's check that. It's probably under there. Um, let's see. Here they are. So the Nest Detects, yeah, so they're called Nest Detects. Those are the door sensors. They cost, full retail price, $49 on the Google Store, so $50 bucks for for one additional door. Uh, like I said, pretty pricey considering that, you know, if you, you know, to, they're $50 bucks a piece. That, that's, that's a lot of money. Um... It likes they serve two functions, but if you buy one just for the window and it deactivates the motion sensor anyway, my whole thing is they should sell like a separate window sensor that's you know twenty to you know 20, 25 bucks. That's just a sensor, not just a you know just an open close sensor, not a motion sensor. Um, so they need to have some variety there. The other thing too is you know certain uh, peripherals like a. Like water detector, flood detector. Like honestly, if I had something like that in my house uh, back in May when my basement flooded, if I was able to have a water sensor somewhere down here and place it appropriately, it could alert me before my whole basement got flooded. And I could have uh, made sure to take care of that and, and deal with that sooner. Um, and other companies are doing that sort of thing too. You know, the biggest competitor I think for Nest products is probably Simply Safe. And you know, when it comes to a cost standpoint, and like the fact that it's they're not they don't require professionals to install or whatever, like you can do it yourself. And so you look at um, Simply Safe; they have a lot more products going for them. The other thing I kind of wish that Nest had was like an external keypad of some kind. Um, so the one keypad you get is the main hub. You're only allowed to have one of those, and really it does need to be by one, like a door that you use often to get in and out of the house. Um, it, cause it's currently the only point that you can deactivate or activate the alarm besides your smartphone, which it's nice that you can do that on your smartphone, but it'd be nice to be able to have a physical keypad to put by another door if need be. Um, so that's something, you know, a suggestion as well in the last one that I can think of right now off the top of my head is potentially some kind of panic button. So, you know, somebody might have a panic button up in, you know, their master bedroom or, you know, whatever. Um, and that way you could quickly, if you heard something and it didn't set off the alarm, you could just quickly hit the button. It would just it would get the alarm going and notify anybody that needs to. Um, and I feel like that'd be an extremely cheap security measure to have in place. I, I It wouldn't really cost that much money for them to make just a button that triggers the alarm. So I'm hoping that, you know, rebranding under the Google kind of under the Google umbrella, I hope it 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 drives a little bit more innovation for them. Uh, I'm excited to see kind of what happens. It's kind of more of a recent development here within the last few weeks. So on, obviously obviously nothing has been announced yet on that front, but we will see where it goes. So those are the things I want to talk about today. Um, I'm going to, you know, pick out some more articles as I see them over the weekend and into next week. Uh, once again, my goal is to record and, and release one to two podcasts per week. Um, I think the way I'm going to do the ones to this weekend, cause I recorded two in the same day is it's currently Friday, the second, I'll probably release one, uh, this afternoon. And then the other one will probably come out the one you're listening to, I guess right now, this is the second one, uh, we'll probably be out sometime over the weekend. Um, so a couple of them back-to-back days or something like that um, to get back into it, and then hopefully it becomes more consistent once again. Um, as always, if you have any questions, concerns, comments, you want to talk about some of the things that you know I discussed, or if you have a, a an opinion, uh, whether it's the same as mine, different than mine, there should be a link to the Discord somewhere around this podcast, and uh, go over there, and we can always uh, talk about things. It's the best way to get a hold of me. Even if you just want to direct message me, private message me over there on Discord, that's where I'm going to see it. So uh, go over there, check things out, and I will see you guys next time.